Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Today we're talking with my good friend, Mike. He is a pastor in Austin, Texas, and we're talking about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. How do we start having the right kind of mindset so that we can lead our leadership and our staff in a direction to believe God for great things in the life of our church and ministry? It's an incredible conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, how can I serve you today, man? Let's start talking. Absolutely. Just a few questions that I have for you. Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So one of them is uh, we, we have uh, a very welcoming culture at our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that uh, you come in very welcoming. Uh, but first question I have for you is, man, what, what strategies would you recommend uh, or consider to kind of help create uh, a more healthy invite culture uh, in our mm. church? Uh, you know, we have great people, but we just don't have a very good invite culture. Mm. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, it's an ongoing battle for everybody. That's for sure. Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> just figure out how we get more guests to show up. Um, yes. You know, the one thing I think you and I, I had an opportunity a couple months back uh, to meet with you and your leadership team. And uh, um, and I'll revisit that and talk a little bit about that. But I think there's a few things. Um, uh, the one thing I always teach about culture is that it's always shaped by the same three things. Culture is always shaped by the stories you tell, the heroes you make, and the things you celebrate. I think I've said that quite a bit to people over the years, and, and I think sometimes people get it, and sometimes I don't know if they quite really understand what I'm saying. And if you think about culture, um, a serving culture, a small group culture, a generosity culture, or in this case, an invite culture, um, the question is, how do we get them, how do we, how do we create that kind of culture? And so if you break it down and think, okay, stories you tell. So how are we, can we tell stories about invite? Can we tell stories about a life that was changed because of an invite? Mm. Uh, the stories to tell the heroes you make. Who's the hero in the story? Not the person that got invited, the person that did the inviting. Because culture is always shaped by the heroes that we make. Stories we tell, the heroes we make, and the things we celebrate. And we celebrate what's happening. We celebrate that story. So... The one thing that I share, and, and it's hard when your church is smaller and you're trying to get going, there's not a lot of stories. Correct. But they can, you can find them, you know, um, because if you look at it from one side, Mike, is you could say, well, um, okay, we're just going to interview people or tell stories. Maybe it's an interview on Sunday morning. Maybe it's an iPhone interview. However, you're going to share that story about a three to five minutes in length. You're going to share a brief story. A lot of people look at and say, okay, I got to find someone that's doing a lot of inviting, but we have a smaller church, so a lot of people aren't doing a lot of inviting. Well, okay, that may be the case today, but there might be people that have been invited that started coming a year ago or six months ago or two years ago, and their life started getting turned around, but they got there somehow. Most of them didn't drive by the church and just pull in, you know, because, you know, into the parking lot, you know, I know that we maybe say that once in a while, but the reality is someone invited them there. So think about telling, think about someone at the church that's been there for a year that maybe, yeah, they got a cool testimony, started coming to church, their life started turning around. 
you know, maybe it's an emotional story. Maybe people kind of, you know, has an emotional tag. People are weeping like, oh, it's a great story. But the last question, let's pretend that you were interviewing them on stage or in, a, in an iPhone interview. The last question you say to them, and how did you get to the church? Mm-hmm. And you already know because you asked them before the interview, but how'd they get to, oh, well, you know, this person invited me 20 times or I used to go to the gym and this person invited me. And, and they got there somehow. And when people can start connecting that this story is a result of an invite and we point that out during the interview, um, you're starting to shape the culture. Culture is always about storytelling. It's always about storytelling and it's always about making the hero. It's always about that. Uh, No matter what it is, it's always about that. That's why Amazon's commercials never tell you what they do. They just tell stories because uh, they're shaping. They're trying to shape something. And that's how culture gets shaped. It gets shaped by the stories. Honda, the car Honda in California, there was a big thing called Honda Cares. So they would never talk about the car. They would talk about how they care, and they gave a couple thousand dollars to help someone that was in need or whatever. They're, just, they're shaping something. They're trying to shape an image. That's what they're shaping. They're shaping an image. If you're trying to shape a culture of invite, it will come down to those things. So you can tell a, a story through a video, an iPhone interview. It doesn't have to be a fancy video. You could tell a story by interviewing someone. I mean, why can't you have that? Why can't it, after worship, people kind of greet each other as they're sitting down, boom, a, a video comes up. We watch it, and we're like, wow, that's a pretty touching story. And and then you get up, and you're about to do your message. Hey, we just watched that video. But you know, you know what's most important about that video is they got here because someone invited them. And that's what we do at the church. The more you start telling those stories, once a month at least, twice better, the more you start telling those stories, the more you'll see people will start to shape to that culture. It makes a lot of sense. It really yep. and, and it adds an incredible bonus to the service because people love <laughs> hearing stories. They love hearing stories. The one thing I always say is, who would you rather hear from about a really amazing restaurant? The owner or your next door neighbor? I don't care what the owner thinks about his food. Yeah. I think what the next door neighbor, that's what I'm concerned about. So you and I just getting up there go, invite the Great Commission, you know, seek the lost, <laughs> you know, the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost. That's great. I mean, don't get me wrong, we need to be teaching it, but we need raw stories Correct. that lead yeah. to the invite. Okay. People yes. follow the stories, they follow the stories, I'm telling you. Yeah. What else you got, man? I wrote some things down here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, uh, what are what are some good examples uh, when it comes to kind of thinking outside the box? I know when you were here, you shared that with us. You said, you know what, you guys really need to start thinking a little bit differently, thinking outside yeah. the box. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, especially when your church feels like a, a, a merry-go-round, you, you go through all the different phases of, of uh, what a church goes through. And uh, most of our leaders, uh, probably uh, 99.9% said, hey, we're going through a merry-go-round. But uh, how do we, how do, what are some uh, examples that you can kind of give us? Or what does it look like to kind of think outside the box? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, um, I think a church, uh, you, you know the old saying, you know, what, what's, what's the definition of insanity to do, you know, the same thing, expect different results. Right. As funny and as old as that statement is, it's still true. 
just because it's old doesn't mean it's not true. Um, I think that you have to start thinking a little bit outside of the box. And I think that's different for everybody. Um, I was talking to uh, someone on the East Coast uh, just this morning. Uh, and I feel like they're really good pastor. I feel like they they speak pretty good, um, but they can't seem to get over that hurdle. They're a pretty small church. And I said, hey, there's a there's a, 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 a multi-site a model that might be working for you. You might be better in that multi-site model. You might be better with more resources, more money, and more. So that way was out of this pastor's thinking. Another, another uh, example could be like, getting a few people together and thinking, okay, what have we never tried before on an outreach? What have we never done before that maybe we could do for the first time? You know, have we ever tried that before? Have we ever gone after uh, the local university's head coach or one of the coaches? Maybe the head coach gets too many offers and asks if they'd just come make an appearance at our church. Um, you know, make an appearance uh, interview them about football, interview them about, about how making tough decisions or commitment or perseverance, then matching your message to that 10-minute interview, which I love doing, by the way. I love when we bring people into the auditorium that the average person in the, in the, in the community cares about. So, hey, we're going to have Pastor Joe. No one in the auditorium, no one in your community knows who Pastor Joe is, nor do they care. Uh, you like him. He's a great speaker, but Big deal. Right. Uh, but if you say, hey, we're having the coach from this big university, people will bring their jerseys, they'll bring their hats, they'll want it to get signed. Um, or, hey, we're having the quarterback. I remember one time we had a running back uh, from UCLA. He was a third-string running back. But no one cared. They were just thrilled that someone was there. <clears throat> a bunch right. of people showed up, and they showed up with hats and jerseys. The other part was that the guy had a scholarship, which was great, which means he can't take money. Uh, which is awesome. So I'm like, oh, I'd love to pay you, but I can't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those are just some things where, like, I think those are things where it's like, wait a minute, unchurched people actually care about meeting yeah. a guy like that. So what if we did that? What if we went and spent a couple hundred dollars and printed out door hangers and put them on the community nearby that we're having this guy show up? And... I love stuff like that. Or, hey, we're going to run $200 worth of Facebook ads in, in our community and target it. So you start thinking about, like, what if, we, what if you know, <clears throat> and what if, and, 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 and. The, the one thing I love is when you get, um, um, you know, three or four people creative together in, your, in a room, bring them in your office, four of you, put a whiteboard and just go, guys, let's dream. Uh, and and I, always, I always say, uh, when you're dream, when you're in a dream session, don't say either or. Say yes and. Uh, not like oh, I don't think that'll work. Probably this will work. Be like, yeah, that's a good idea. And what if we did this? Yes and. So you're just building on each other's ideas. And it's like, what if we had an idea of uh, you know how we could do follow up better? What if we did a better way of engaging people? What if we did something total creative? Like you and I talked about, like someone joins the team and. Right. Maybe they get a dream team bag, you know, and a welcome basket. You know, that'd be different. Uh, what if we, you know, started promoting the invite? Because I'm telling you, if you promoted the invite for the next four months and just just, just doing stories, not even talking about it, and then all of a sudden, boom, hey, in three weeks, we're having this coach or we're having this person. You know, they're going to come. They're going to do a 10-minute interview. And then they're going to sign some autographs afterwards. 
and you're going to do a regular message, but you're going to relate it to whatever he says during that interview. Now you're starting to think like, wait a minute, because what you're doing is not that I think you should build on big events. I don't think that. What I think is give your people an easy way to invite. It's a lot easier to invite someone to come meet a someone sports figure or whatever. It's so, so much easier to invite a buddy from work for that than it is just, will you come to church with me? So you're going to give your people an easy win, and you're going to expose your people. Uh, I'm sorry, rephrase that. You're going to expose new people to your church to who you are on Sunday because they're going to see a 10-minute interview, but they're still going to hear a message. They're still going right. to see the worship. They're going to be like, I like this place. you know. And so <clears throat> that's what I'm talking about. Like, guys, how could we do better? How could we do better building our teams? How we create a better team environment? I think having a think tank, having a dream session with three or four people is a great way to do that. Yeah, no, think, uh, dream. Yeah, those. those that's just writing ideas. Like, what if we did this? <laughs> remember, remember, and tell your team if you do. If you bring four people together in your office, tell your team. Look, the only rule we have here is we don't live by either or. We live by yes and. Either or is like I don't like your idea. So now let me give you my idea. Now we don't say that, but that's what either or means. Like it's either that or this, either yours right. or mine. No, no, no. That's a good idea. And what if we, and then you just start adding and all of a sudden you arrive at saying, whoa, this is a great idea. Well, it was a bunch of input that got you there. Right. Uh, and that's always more creative session. Yeah. So no, that's, that's what that's, I would do. That's awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. One last question. One last yes, question. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We have time. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, in, in your experiences that you've had in, in, in the years and opinion as well, uh, what obstacles can uh, can you think of that, you know, for uh, most small churches like ours, Trinity, uh, you know, growing and uh, what, what keeps us like from growing and reaching really our full potential sometimes? What are some things, what are some obstacles that you have noticed in the past? Oh, man. Obstacles for growth? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're talking about attendance growth or just attendance potential? Just potential growth. I mean, all of the above is, you know, there's sometimes yeah. there's some things that, you know, especially, uh, you know, I look at small churches because that's the church I, I minister. But, uh, you know, there's usually obstacles, things that come against yep. that just keep us from, from yeah. growing and having our full potential. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I have several thoughts, and I don't think they're in any specific order. One is Craig Rochelle years ago wrote a book called It and IT, and he talked about the it factor. And I think that's a really good, I think that's one principle. People always look at it, they find an it for the reason of why they're not growing. Well, mm. if we had more money, well, that's the it, more money. If we had a bigger building, that's the it. If we had a better worship leader, that's the it. If we had a sound department, that's the it. If our church was located where that church is located, we, we, we always look for an it. We always look for something to make us feel bit better about the results we're not getting. We all do it. Uh, and I think that that's an obstacle. To me, that's an obstacle. Uh, I tell, when I hear when I hear that in coaching sessions, when I'm hanging out with staffs and stuff, I'm like, oh, you guys are focused on way too much on, on its. You're always finding something. Don't do that anymore. I think that's one thing. I think that there's another part of it as well. Um, uh, I think that they... I think they have to begin to reinvent the way that they think. What does Romans tell us to do? How do we get how do we get transformed? How do we transform a church, transform a life by the renewing of our mind? The renewing of mind is at least part of it, I think, is you gotta start thinking differently. 
you have to start thinking that we can win. Uh, you got to start thinking that, hey, greatness isn't just for everybody else. It's for me, too. Growth isn't just for everybody else. It's for us, too. Potential isn't just for everybody else. It's for us, too. So I would look at that as a second one. I'd look at the it, which is stop making excuses. Um, and then the second one is I would look at our mindset because I do think that people, people tend to have at times, especially I think what I've noticed in smaller churches is I've noticed a scarcity mindset. Hmm. I noticed a smaller mindset. Um, most churches that are smaller don't have a bunch of dreamers in there. Uh, mm. they don't, and I'm not, I'm not being negative, but they have a, I'm not being negative or putting down anybody. I'm just saying that's, sure. that's reality. At least my experience has been, so they have a scarcity mindset. They have maybe a poverty mindset, not poverty just in money, but the, you know, Hey, this is us. We just get by, you know, it's, it's this sort of scarcity, poverty, big isn't for us, greatness isn't for us. And, um, <clears throat> and I think that we have to overcome that. And I think as leaders, Mike, I think as leaders, we have to lead the way. The Bible says that our life is shaped by our thoughts in Proverbs. So we have to lead that way. Hey, guys, I don't want to think like small anymore. And I don't want to think scarcity anymore. And I don't want to think, well, if we had money, I don't want to think like that anymore. Now, I know there's a reality to, to resources and all that, but I don't want to, sure. I don't want to get caught up in that. Man, I, want to, I want to start seeing ourselves as bigger. I, don't, I think it's very difficult to see, uh, very difficult to reach potential until you see potential. Hmm. Uh, you got to start seeing like, no, no, greatness is for us. You know, it, <clears throat> it's interesting. Um. You know, there's a lot of names in the omni kind of segment. There's a lot of names for God. Omniscience, omnipresence, you've heard all of them. Omnipotent, all of that. The omnipotent is the one that fascinates me the most because the omni stands for all and potent, omnipotent. Potent actually derives from a word meaning potential. Hmm. So omni is all, potent is potential. He is all potential. He sees all potential in us. Wow. He draws yeah. out all potential in us. He is omnipotent. He's all potential. Go to the Old Testament. It says that when the earth was created, God looked at the mountains, and it says he called the shrubs and the trees and the plants forward. He called out of the mountain what was already in the mountain. Hmm. When Jesus called the fish forward, he called them up. He called out of the ocean what was already in the ocean. And I think that the greatness in us as leaders, it's already there. We just need to allow God to bring out of us what's already in us. I think we need to look to God and go, God, I know that you're omnipotent. I know that you have more for me. I believe that. Then I think you as a leader has to turn around to your people and say, God's omnipotent. That's not for every other church and for every other person on the planet except for us. That's not true. We have to start leading like we serve an omnipotent God, all potential God. He sees what we could be. He sees what the possibility is. We don't see it. He yeah. sees it. Yeah. And if we can get our mind to start catching up to his thoughts, 
His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, as the Bible says. And I think that if we can begin to start thinking like, man, greatness isn't for everybody else and not for me. I'm not excluded in that. Right. Uh, he, he's not a, he doesn't play favorites. He, he loves me. And so if we can begin to feel that as leaders and begin to convey that with our mind, heart, words uh, to, to the people that we lead, I think they can begin to say like, wait a minute, we, we can be that. But if we lead from scarcity, if we lead from limitation, I think that we're going to get limitation and scarcity. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I so, was writing some things down. I, I'm not ignoring you, but I was writing some things No, no, things no, down. right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right away. I, 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 and I want to encourage you and anybody that's listening. Um, I think that we have to, I think we really have to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And I think that we have to catch up to omnipotent. I really do. Uh, and I think the same thing with you, Mike. It's not like God doesn't love your church or didn't die for your church or didn't die for the people in your community. He did uh, and resurrected, as we know. <laughs> but um, we have to begin to lead from a bigger mindset, um, from um, from that non-scarcity, non-limiting mindset of like, not just be like, oh, God's got to do something big, but it's just like, can we just start believing and start acting as if God's going to do something amazing and start walking in that? Yeah. I think if you start walking in that, that belief, that faith, that idea, that persona, that picture, that visual, I think if you can start walking in that, speak those things that are not as though they were, mm-hmm. uh, if we can start doing these things, um, then I think that we could, um, I think that we could, see something amazing. I'll give you one last thought and we'll, <clears throat> and we'll have to wind it down. Matthew 7, verse 7. You know the scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Seek and you will find. I- I'm going to take that and I think, okay, God, I think that has to do with prayer and has to do with our approach to you. But is it possible that seek and you will find could also work in a few other areas? So here's what I tell people all the time. Hey, if, seek and you will find. Hey, if you're looking for the worst in your marriage, you'll find it. And if you're looking for the best in your marriage, you'll find it too, because whatever you seek, you find. If you're looking for the best at your job, you'll find it. And if you're looking for the worst at your job, you'll find it too, because whatever you seek, you find. I tell people all the time, if you're looking for the best at your church, you'll find it. No matter how big your church is, if you're looking for the worst, you'll find it too, because whatever you seek, you find. And then one thing I always share is the difference between the vulture and the hummingbird. The vulture looks for what is dead. The hummingbird looks for what is alive. The vulture looks for what is stale. The hummingbird looks for what is fresh. The vulture looks for what is old. The hummingbird looks for what is new. And both find exactly what they're looking for. Whatever you seek, you're going to find. And I would encourage you in this last thought is let that start being who you are. Man, I'm seeking the best. We're going to find the best ideas, the best thoughts, the best visual about where we could go. We're going to seek that. And whatever we're looking for, we'll ultimately find it. People that look for scarcity, find it. Hmm. People that look for abundance, find it too. Whatever you seek, you find. Uh, so anyway, hey, man, I hope this was helpful for you today. And, it was, Chris. Thank uh, yeah. you so much. It was awesome. Had a good time. Awesome. Thank you. But, yeah, thank you for being on the call today, man. I really do appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate you so much. God bless. Thanks, man. Uh-huh. All right, God bless you, dude. Bye-bye.